page 16. something that you find a lot in Buddhism and there are certain numbered topics that you if, if in order for you to be able to say you know a little bit about Buddhism you need to be able to know these numbered topics like the Four Noble Truths which we are talking about the Eightfold Path the Twelve Links of Dependent Origination the Thirty-Seven Wings of Enlightenment and all, all, all those kinds of numbers okay 
and as you are learning uh, these numbered topics, you will be given sub-numbered topics. <laughs> okay. uh, and the reason for the numbered topics in is, 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 is just a, what you call that, a, a method to help you remember. If, if you do have a definite number of things that you know this thing falls under, then it will be easier for you to remember that, that thing by, oh, there are supposed to be four. And then you go, uh, and if you if you're missing one, you know because you only have three, you know that you know uh, you, you haven't listed all of it. If you if you said more than that, then you know you've gone over. Okay, but it doesn't mean that just because there are these things categorized into numbers uh, listed in numbers four, five, and sixes and whatever, doesn't mean that that particular uh, group, for example, only is supposed to have there exists in the universe only that number of things within that category. Okay. Uh, an example is uh, an example of that is <coughs> sometimes the Buddha the Buddha's Dharma the, 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 the doctrine of the Buddha is said to be in 84,000 heaps or 84 it's supposed to be like there's 84,000 Dharmas that the Buddha have taught now it, it's not because there was an actual person a scholar somewhere who actually went through all the things that the Buddha talked about and he found 84,000. Not 84,001 or 83,199, but 84,000. But it's just an arbitrary number to say the Buddha talked about a lot of things. Okay, <laughs> that's what it really means. And each of the 84,000 is supposed to be, each thing that the Buddha talked about addressed a particular klesha. So even though you hear that when they talk about the kleshas, the the, the, the emotions, the destructive emotions that we're supposed to be uh, overcoming, you hear a list of three, a list of five, a list of ten, a list of uh, different, a list of twenty. So it depends on how they want to stretch it, okay? And it's supposed to be going up to eighty-four thousand. So there are eighty-four thousand destructive emotions that we're supposed to overcome, and that's why the Buddha taught eighty-four thousand. So taking into consideration that eighty-four thousand is not a specific number, it means that there are a lot of emotions <laughs> that we're supposed to try to overcome. Uh, and the Buddha's teaching was meant to overcome them. Okay. So uh, when you, the Four Noble Truth was uh, speaking of uh, the teachings overcoming uh, emo states that we don't want to be in anymore. The purpose of the Four Noble, the teaching of the Four Noble Truth, or the purpose for studying and understanding the Four Noble Truth, is when you see. Uh, I'm going to give you another list. <laughs> It's the parts that makes up um, make make uh, the suffering parts of a person. Okay, the f what are called the five aggregates, the five skandhas. Okay, to overcome the five the suffering aggregates, you you study the four noble truths, and the four noble truth gives you like the story, or this is where the five aggregates come from, and 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 these are this is their condition. And this is a state of how to overcome the five aggregates, the five suffering aggregates. So the Four Noble Truth is that when you study it, when you understand it, it helps you to overcome the suffering aggregates. And what are these suffering aggregates? We're not going to go into the much more detail about it. So when you go into the first truth, the, the truth of suffering, what is the first truth of suffering referring to? What is it referring to? It's referring to the, the person, the person whose the teaching is being taught to. Not only it's not only uh, the the person, but also the environment of the person. This is the truth of suffering. 
So your very life as it is, is the truth of suffering. The, the, your body, your mind, the emotions that you have, that's the truth of suffering. The environment that you live in because of the, because of the, uh, the kind of relationship that we have, the kind of relationship that we are forced to have with the environment, that's the truth of suffering also. Okay. And again, uh, just to help you understand what the words, the term suffering refers to in Buddhism, you could say it is the non-enlightened state. Okay. Suffering is non-enlightenment. Okay. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, that you are, you know, uh, you have a headache every single moment. Uh, from, from, from the moment you were born, you have a headache. Until you die, you have a headache. It doesn't necessarily mean that. Okay. It's just the very condition uh, is a condition where a headache is possible. Can you live in such a way where it's not even possible for you to have a headache? That will be enlightened state. Okay. So anything where any kind of suffering is connected to it, anything, any, any condition, any state where it is possible for you to experience any degrees of suffering, that condition is itself, is, is called suffering itself. Okay. So th that also helps you uh, have a better picture of what, uh, of what nirvana is supposed to be, what, or what heaven is supposed to be. Heaven is supposed to be a state where it's not even possible for you to suffer. If it's possible for you to suffer, it's not, it's not heaven. Okay. All right. So, the truth, that's, so anything which is not uh, nirvana, that's the truth of suffering. And what do we encounter what, what do we encounter here uh, that would make us say that th this is suffering? So the kind of body that we have. We have a body that is prone to disease, is prone to being harmed, and we have a mind that is also prone to disease, prone to being harmed, that you can harm the mind of a child. We, we, have, we have that term. And if someone is uh, not seeing things properly and is forcing them to behave a certain way, if maybe they may are having uh, they have hallucinations, so you could say that mind is diseased. You know that's the field of psychiatry it's supposed to be dealing with. And and those are the two main components of a person. And and both of these components, and there's suffering. It, they can be in either in a state where they ex they're experiencing overt suffering, or they're in a condition where they have the potential to suffer. Okay. And and because of that, the body, the mind of a person is said to be the truth of suffering. Also, uh, I, uh, the person is also divided into what are the parts of the person? And, and is there a part of the person that is not part of, of the truth of suffering? That is not suffering? And when you, uh, Buddhism divides uh, the person into five parts. And again, it doesn't mean that there are only five parts to a person. It's just for the sake of helping uh, uh, for the sake of mem for memorizing and for the sake of having an overall understanding. Okay, so the person is divided into uh, what, what, what you might say uh, is like form, but form is more like matter. Okay, matter, uh, consciousness, uh, feeling, uh, discrimination, and am I missing something? And something uh, a very very weird term, uh, compositional factors. 
and I think uh, sooner, uh, uh, um, maybe not sooner, but so, but definitely later, uh, scholars are, are going to do away with that term and find, find a better term. Compositional factors, just I don't know. Before you, you ever heard the, the term compositional factors did, uh, in Buddhism, did you ever use it somewhere else? Does it have it? Even now that you're hearing it, does it have any sense? Does it make any sense to you? Compositional factors. I mean, this, it seems to be English, <laughs> but when you put it together, it doesn't seem to be doesn't make sense, seem to make sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? It's no, it's not karma. It's not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, it's it's not really just five parts that makes up a person. It's just for a general way of of of, uh, of, of categorizing, just for for memory. So. It, the, the fifth part is really saying everything else I didn't say. <laughs> That's what the fifth part is. Everything that you know about that makes part of a person that you've experienced that I didn't say in the other four, that's what the five is. <laughs> that's number five. Okay. The fourth, uh, I didn't really say them in, in the correct order, but discrimination. Let me see. The correct order would be form, feeling, uh, feeling would be the second one. The third one is uh, this, this consciousness, and then discrimination, and then com- everything else. <laughs> Composition of factors. Would you describe discrimination? Discrimination? Yeah, yeah, in thought. The, actually, the, the four, other than five, I mean, other than the form, is really parts of the mind. It's the mind that is taken, uh, uh, separated into four separate parts. And the reason that the mind is separated, well, mostly the mind, because the fifth one is not really, is not really dealing only with the mind. It's those parts that, be, uh, why the Buddha uh, uh, speaks in the first place. He speaks, the purpose of the Buddha's speech is to help dissentient beings get out of suffering. It's to help them get reach nirvana. It's to help them reach uh, uh, enlightenment. Okay? So, the Buddha is pointing to those parts that if you deal, w- if you focus on those parts and deal with them, they are the main parts that are responsible for your suffering, and they are the main parts that will also be responsible for your liberation. Yes, you have other parts. You th- there's a, a, there's a, a, being able to analyze, being able to uh, what else we have that's not mentioned. Uh, as far as the way we understand I- feeling, we equate emotion and feelings. In, uh, uh, as far as uh, 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 in the West, the way we use the language, but in in Buddhism, feeling is really referring to sensation of uh, of, of different degrees of pleasure or pain. That's what the word feeling, uh, the term feeling, is used for in, in Buddhism. So we have feelings of pain, feelings of pleasure, and then we have feelings of, of which is not neither f- uh, which is neither pain nor pleasure, or you can call it neutral. That's what the term feeling is referring to. So we have emotions, you know, jealousy, uh, joy, uh, all all these kinds of uh, well, emotional kind of sense of joy, not the the pleasure kind. Okay. So you have emotions, and they are not listed among um, among the five from five heaps. They're, they're called the heaps. Okay. And th- does that term heap help you also? Because it's, it's to help you understand that each one that is mentioned is itself a collection. Okay. Feeling is a collection. And what, what is it composed of? 
composed of the various forms of feelings of, of, of pain and pleasure and mutuality. And, and discrimination is, is uh, also a, a collection of things. Uh, what else did I say? Um, consciousness is also itself a collection of things. Okay. So that's why they call the five heaps, okay, the five aggregates. So the Buddha meant, pointed, pointed this out because, because of the role, uh, the strong uh, role that they play in, in, in causing the suffering that we are experiencing and how important it is for us to, un to understand them so we can uh, escape suffering. And you can say feelings play a very big important role in, 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 in our lives. It's, it's one of the things that so almost uh, governs the actions that we take. If something feels good, we more likely will continue to, to, to stay with it. If something feels bad, we will avoid it. If something feels neutral, maybe, maybe not. Okay. So, and, and it depends on and what determines something feels good, feels bad. Feels, uh, is we have to we have to find out what is the cause of of, of, of these things. What is the cause of, the, of that? What makes us determine them? And and what is it? And discrimination is what uh, m makes us. Uh, uh, be able to dis make the distinction or oh, that feels good, that feels bad that feels uh, neutral so discrimination plays a role in, this, in really sort of what we spend most of our time, uh, the, the faculty of discrimination for is mainly discriminating what feels good, what feels bad what feels neutral Okay, and then based upon that then we will act and then the result of those actions is what we are experiencing right now and the results of and then there are uh, result that we have not yet to experience th that's w we have uh, collected that way which are now in like in a potential form okay so uh, and consciousness is uh, also connected with what feels good what feels bad what feels uh, what feels neutral so you have when we when we see something we see something, as soon as we see something, we start to discriminate it in terms of does it feel good, does it make me feel good, does it make me feel bad, does, is it neutral? When we hear something, does that make me feel good? So all those things are, are connected with feelings. And so that's why the Buddha pointed them out as far as uh, trying to pointing uh, what makes you up, what are the parts that makes up a person. Okay, he pointed to those things because of their imp their, the important role they play in determining our actions. And since our action will bring about results that we are very concerned about, then we, it's very important for you for us to know how, how do we get these results and how do, if the results are results that we want, what did we do so we can continue to do them? And if the results are unwanted, then what should we do so we can avoid those results in the future? Okay. So since we were, not, we were not too skillful in our actions in the past, the result that we have are these five aggregates and these five aggregates become themselves the truth of suffering because with them we, we have, uh, we have uh, suffering connected with them. Okay. We experience pain in our bodies in form of disease, like I said before, we experience pain in our minds and form of uh, uh, you know, mental suffering, uh, and also not just in a, not just a psychotic kind of thing where uh, you, it's, it's, not, it's not painful only if you're crazy or not crazy. Those are not the two only two two forms of uh, of uh, 
Smithionada only took, do two categories of pain or not pain, as far as the mind is concerned. There's also pain in, 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 uh, in the emotions, like uh, when you miss someone, and it could be painful. Uh, when uh, you, want to, you want to do something and you find yourself, you don't have the mental capacity to do it, that will be a, a, a form of pain. Okay. So this is something that we can have a direct experience of, something that we can verify immediately. And because we can verify it I immediately, then we can sort of trust the other things that the Buddha said. Because the Buddha is talking to us about something that we can immediately verify, the truth of suffering. And when he talks about the cause of suffering, then that's where we have to sort of uh, use our capacity to discriminate, our capacity to, to analyze, to, to sort of determine. Since he, since he really, since he talks about our condition so well, he probably knows the cause of the of that. Uh, probably has a good understanding of the cause of that condition, and then we pay attention to the when he says when he describes the truth, the second truth. But when from uh, from a overall uh, standpoint, we can sort of un we can accept the second truth in a general sense that the condition that we are experiencing has a cause, because that also is something that we can directly verify from our own experience. We do see that the cause and effect plays a role and as a matter of fact it's something that we actually uh, engage in m most of the time when the reason that we act a certain way is because we are expecting that action to bring about a result so we understand uh, uh, from a almost a fundamental from a, from a fundamental basis that there is th that there are causes and that there are results and that we can actually it's not just something that we we are forced to experience, but we can actually participate in. Okay. So when it, when the Buddha says there, there the second truth, second the second uh, truth is second noble truth is the truth of there's there are causes to the pain to the suffering that you're experiencing. We can accept that. And exactly what are these causes? And that's what we we may we may have uh, we may have uh, let's say debate with the Buddha. Okay. So the the also. Uh, when, when the talks about the environment, there are certain things about the environment that we sort of immediately accept because we are living in, in it. But also in the truth of suffering about the environment and beings, there are, that's where you get the list of the different realms. What is suffering? You are suffering, your environment is suffering. And also there are other kinds of beings who are also suffering and their environment is also suffering. And the reason for pointing this out is because you may have learned either through uh, your own culture that there are other modes of being and then you may aspire to those modes of being. And when the Buddha points, points out that they are also part of the truth of suffering, that will make you not aspire to those states of beings anymore. Uh, within our own things that we can... Uh, our own... Uh, our own experience that what, what we can what we can sort of extrapolate from is, for example, uh, let's say uh, somebody from a different nation. You can say, uh, someone from a, from a one nation, uh, uh, a third world nation, will will aspire to be a citizen of a of a, of a what do you call it? What do you call it anyway? First world nation. <laughs> You have third world. Do you have first world nations? <laughs> we have second world nations? How do we go to all the way to three? <laughs> third world. 
and then other other worlds. <laughs> okay. So when you're in a in a third world nation, you aspire to go to a second world nation, <laughs> or at least a first world nation. Okay, the first world nations are kind of difficult to get to because of passports and visas and things like that. <laughs> but second world nations will, will more or less accept you. <laughs> okay. The visa process is not that difficult. <laughs> so, uh, now, it's not that the person who lives in the third world nation shouldn't make an effort to try to get to the second world nation or the first world nation, but to have in their mind that suffering will be completely gone when once they are once they become a, a citizen or once they become a resident of that other of that other nation that is where the buddha is saying you're wrong in thinking that so that's 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 that, that's something that we can uh, agree upon because the suffering that you may be experiencing now uh, they may not be as acute in the in the on the other in the other country or they may not exist some of the suffering that you may be experiencing maybe like uh uh, one of the things that people experience in third world nations is uh, an oppressive government, where you are, I mean, terrified when you see a, a, a someone in uniform. When you see someone in uniform, you go and hide. Yeah. And we know, uh, we know that, right? And even though we don't live in a, we're not live in a, uh, we're not born in a third world nation, but we, you know, there's things called the television and newspapers, where <laughs> they show that to us. And right now, right, there's something, uh, uh, the, the newest thing that's happening right now is, is Iran, right? Uh, I mean, can you imagine this happening here in this country? There are people protesting and then the government says, no more televising this, right? And, and it's almost impossible for, for, for Americans to even imagine. And forget about it in France, because, you know, France, you know, every, every weekend there's a strike. <laughs> <laughs> The people who clip their hairs off the chipmunks in the parks, they're on strike. <laughs> but the other people who do, who do the other stuff, they're still working. <laughs> the people who drive the blue cabs with the red, are <laughs> the only on strike. <laughs> so, so, uh, so some of the overt sufferings that you may be experiencing here in this, this particular place, it may not be, exist there, but the, the general sufferings it still exists there. There still are people who are sick. There still are people who have uh, who go crazy. There still are people who uh, you know who have bad relationships and things like that. And so, even though the condition may be better than yours overall, but you don't totally escape suffering. So to make it an ultimate goal, you will be wrong to to do so. So extrapolating that, or even within your own country, you may. Uh, you that you may think of going to a better neighborhood, something like that, or you may think of going to a better profession. Uh, and w if you have in, in your mind that I will no longer be suffering, then you are deluding yourself. Okay, it has its own perks, it has its own pleasures, it also has its own sufferings. Okay, and it's just a matter of which suffering you want and which pleasure you want, which suffering you don't want and which pleasure you don't want. Okay. And then now extrapolating, extrapolating from that, now you can sort of like uh, make an, uh, how do you say, uh, exaggeration of some of the conditions. Because you can always sort of imagine a worse condition. Somebody who's, uh, uh, what, what, what was that country? Um, where is that country they have in, uh, well, it's not one country, I guess there's a lot of countries in, uh, in the, I guess in the eastern part of Africa, 
where they, where they have uh, somebody, a bunch of men come into your house. First, if, when they see the women, whatever their age they are, they rape them and then they kill them. And then any, any, any man any, or any male older than a certain age, they kill them after maybe torturing them. And then the, little, the, the boys, or maybe, uh, I'm not sure exactly what, up to what age, up to 12 or something like that, they, they kidnap them and force them to become soldiers. Somalia, Somalia and, and also other places, right? In, in Darfur. So the many, it's like, I don't know, what's going on? It's like the criminals have some sort of a, a organization or something. Okay, this year we're gonna, this is what we're going to do as a criminal. And then just like uh, kidnapping going on uh, in Mexico, there's kidnapping uh, people who come, people who, who, who citizens who, li- who live outside when they come to visit, they kidnap them. This happens in Haiti, this happens all the way in Africa. Now, what's going on? It's like uh, they have some sort of, they, they call each other. Okay, this year the theme of the, crimi- the, crimi- the criminal theme is kidnapping. And like in East Africa, the theme of, 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 of bad things to do is, is go to a village, kill people, and kidnap the boys. It's amazing. Okay, so you can, uh, so that's a, an awful situation, a very awful situation. And then you can imagine now something, somebody can imagine something worse than that, and then worse than that, and worse than that. So, so in, in extrapolating worse, 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 then you can imagine there's an actual, not just a country, but an actual world where the suffering is like that. And then in the same way, you, you can imagine there are beautiful countries, so you can imagine, uh, extrapolate, there, there might be a world where all the condition is, is like that. And that's where you get the, di- the different realms, the extrapolation of the different realms. And then in those different realms, all the way to... Uh, what are called angelic or divine realms, not divine in the way we understand divine here, but the, we, we have we have no bet, better words. Okay, anything higher than a human, we call it divine. Okay, just for lack of better language. Okay, uh, or, or the, the actual word that they use means uh, beings of light. Okay, or, or or light realms. Okay, so if you want, you can use that. Uh, uh, or or more pleasure realms, pleasure realms. Okay. You can call them pleasure realms. Okay. It's actually just like it, it, the way it sounds like a place to go for vacation. It's really like <laughs> it's really like a vacation. <laughs> and like all vacations, what happens? They come to an end. <laughs> so even though you are born in a pleasure realm and you're having a wonderful time, it's just a vacation. At the end, it comes to an end, and when it comes to an end, you don't you, you don't decide to go to another vacation, right? You go. I mean, some people do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's only for a certain time. <laughs> so you 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 you're, that condition is not free. Even those pleasure realms, the reason that they are they are part of the truth of suffering is because they are connected with the condition of suffering. Able, you are able to suffer. It is possible for you to suffer, and because of that, they are part of the truth of suffering. And now you have. Now I'm give you another list. <laughs> you, have, you have the four noble truths. You had another list of five, which is the five aggregates. And you had the eighty-four thousand. Remember eighty-four thousand? What's the what's the eight hundred? <laughs> Don't remember. <laughs> of the eighty-four thousand, I, I mentioned eighty-four thousand, right? <laughs> okay, so you have eighty-four thousand. And you have, uh, now I'm going to give you the six. You, you already have it already. 
So there are six types of beings. So six places where you can be, where you can be born and experience the truth of suffering. Uh, it's the the hell realm, the hungry ghost realm, the animal realm. That one we know of. Some people claim to see to have to see the other two, but those are special people. Some of them are in asylums. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> Some of them, not all of them. <laughs> uh, uh, animal realm, the human realm, that's ours. <laughs> and above the human, human realm, that's where not everything else is. They're called the God realms. That, so you have the desire, desire God realm, the form realm gods, and then the formless realm gods. So that gives you. Wait a minute. That gives you more than six, right? <laughs> but the God realm is just called one realm. Okay? But if you further divide it, you have the desire realm gods, you have the form realm gods, and the formless realm gods. So they're just all gods. Okay. Uh, in the, within the desire realm god, there are further divisions. Within the form realm gods, there are further divisions. Just like among humans, the way they're divided is uh, uh, depending on which continent. And this, I have to say, is not quite clear. It's one of the teachings uh, uh, in Buddhism which is, seems to be fin uh, mythical. When, it, when, and when you're talking about the human realm, the human realm, you have four continents, and uh, each continent has its subcontinents. So you have altogether 12 continents, I guess. Right? Is how, how many subcontinents per continent? Two. Oh, so eight. Eight, eight subcontinents plus the four big continents. Yeah, so humans live on 12 continents. And 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 they divide each human type of human according to the continent you come from. So far, I've not met anyone other than someone who comes from the southern continent. So it seems like in Buddhism, and it's, I don't think it's something that you find. It seems like an old Vedic sort of of, uh, of uh, dividing the, the world. And then, since this is what when you, when you talk about dividing the world, and that's what people understand, so it was okay. And it was talked about that way. But it's not because um, it's very strange. Like uh, like for example, the people on the northern continent live to be up, up to a certain age. The people on, on this particular continent, they they, they they have this particular trait about them, and. Uh, and there's this particular tree that you find specific to each continent. Like uh, our continent, now here I'm saying our continent, <laughs> because that's how they usually say it. Uh, our continent is the southern continent. It's as if the earth itself is one continent. Because wherever they go, <laughs> when, and you would think that India is a southern continent, and then Tibet and the Himalayas is the northern continent, and then the other continents, I guess, Africa would be the western continent, and then what are they calling the eastern continent, I guess? The Americas? We're far away, right? <laughs> I guess that would be like the eastern continent. But this is just my own speculation, because no one has really... Uh, of course, they, they are, there's extensive teachings about these supposedly four continents with their sub-two continents, but, and they tell you what, what you find there, what's their shape, but so far, the astronauts, when they, when they take a pictures of the Earth, <laughs> we haven't seen these four continents. <laughs> okay. uh, there's not a continent that's shaped like a moon. There's not a, we, so far, we haven't seen a continent shaped like uh, uh, 
a square continent, a moon continent. Well, this is just another word. Uh, uh, one teacher, so though, said, "I'm not going to talk into that because I disagree." <laughs> it will be, it will be just uh, never mind. <laughs> so, whether, like for example, if if we were to be, if we were in India, right, get getting teaching. And they will talk about, okay, in our southern continent, we will start thinking, oh, they're talking about India. But when you go to, if you were to go to, uh, when, the, when those teachers go to Tibet, and they're teaching there, and the Tibetans are now uh, Buddhist, and they say, our southern continent. Wait a minute. I guess they're not talking about just India. So it's India and Tibet. And then the Lamas come here to teach. They go to Europe, and they say, our southern continent. Wait a minute. <laughs> Where are these other continents? I'm yeah, so there's all these speculations going on. Because you, you hear these beautiful stories, mythical stories about some some merchant who traveled to the northern continent. How did he get there? How did he get there? <laughs> if it's the, if, if if everywhere you go on the planet it's well, it's a southern continent. Made, you know? No, you, it took them a few days. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe like the best. <laughs> Is it you heard some like go off and search and not know? Yeah. And they never return? Yeah. <laughs> They're probably in some asylum somewhere. One of the beauties about about Buddhism, here I am wearing robes and I'm making fun of the the teachings found. <laughs> so I take my cue, well, not just for myself, but also His Holiness, where you know He says, okay, "Come on, people." The teaching on, on the, of the teachings about the four continents is it's, it's not something to be taken literal. Something it, it has a, a another lesson to it, other than just you know take on get on your boat and go and go to the northern continent. And uh, one particular, uh, a very, I don't know, famous or infamous uh, 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 Tibetan, who used to, he was a monk within the Gilupa system, uh, Gilden Chipel. Oh boy, I mean, you think I'm, I'm making fun? You should, you should read what he says. <laughs> anyway. So wherever you find yourself that is not in enlightened state, that's the truth of suffering. Whether, whether you're the richest man on the planet, that's the truth of suffering. Whether you're the poorest person on the planet, that's the truth of suffering. Whether, you have, uh, whether, whether you're born with a disease, that's the truth of suffering. Whether you're born healthy, that also is the truth of suffering. So anything that is not in itself nirvana, state of nirvana, because that person who is healthy can be sick. That person who is sick can become healthy. Because of the uh, because of this changing, and that's one of the first aspects. So of the uh, each of the four noble truths. Now each of them has four aspects, not subcontinents. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go <laughs> So each of the four noble truths have four aspects, and 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 I've just mentioned one aspect, that is the truth of suffering, the the state of impermanence. Or, or, or someone else uh, is a very nice book. I'm, in, I'm not getting any royalties from doing it, but I'm <laughs> I keep talking about that book. I, I'm suggesting it for people to read. It's the what makes me not 
What makes you not a Buddhist? Bye. Yeah. You got that? No. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you not Buddhist? What makes you not a Buddhist? Yeah. <laughs> so in that book, he, 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 he instead of saying, he, uh, he used the term uh, uh, instead of impermanent, he say uh, more something like uh, you can't trust things because they are impermanent. You cannot trust them. Okay, so you have you have uh, somebody who look at the uh, unstable. unstable, yeah. So you have the, look at the economy. Right before the so-called uh, recession, I don't know where we now recession. Uh, it's, not, it's not recession. Is it? Well, it depends. It depends. It depends on. If, 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 if your neighbor's out of a job, it's a recession. If you're out of a job, then it's a depression. <laughs> okay. So some people are in depression. Some people are in recession. <laughs> so depending on uh, well, right before this strange not completely definable state. <laughs> it seemed like everything was getting better, getting better, getting better, getting better. It's not going to get any worse, right? It seemed like we were on a trajectory for better, better, better. That's why, uh, the, what's it called? The, the I'm going to a realm that I have, I'm completely blind, okay? <laughs> the, the real estate market, right? Real estate market, it seemed like right, uh, prices of houses just kept going up, kept going up, kept going up, right? So it seemed like it, it was not going to stop. And people would say, wow, let's invest in real estate. You know, it's no matter, even if you pay a million dollars for something that 10 years ago you would pay a dollar for, <laughs> it's going to be worth two million <laughs> by the time you, before you die. <laughs> You're going to make a million dollars out of it. Okay. So that is what uh, the very condition of it is the truth, because it is the truth of suffering. It's unreliable, it's unstable. What is the best thing now can become the worst thing tomorrow. What's the worst thing today can become the best thing tomorrow. And just because it's the best thing tomorrow doesn't mean it's going to stay the best thing. It could go back again. Okay. So that's the unstable thing. And that's one of the first aspects of the truth of suffering. Impermanent, unstable, you cannot trust it. Okay. So you always have to, so always have to be like, uh, always be on the, when you're in samsara, when you're living in in a non-enlightened state, you always have to be. Look, you always have to look. What's, it? what's that expression? Ah, look at your. Look over your shoulder. You have to always look over your shoulder. There's another something else. There's another turn. Another turn. Something like that. Something about your back. Watch your back. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> you have to constantly watch your back, <laughs> because you have no idea. And then even in relationships, right? You have friends who become enemies. Enemies who become friends. Okay. And you have kids who turn against their mothers, mothers who can turn against their kids, uh, strangers who become the uh, 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 who saves who, uh, who become like the best strangers who become best of friends, things like that. So it's not so much to stay. In, I mean, when you're hearing this, of course, this is making you depressed. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, this condition is depressive. But it's not, it's not your state of being. It's not, it's, not, it's not like you're stuck to it. It's not like your condition of your very existence. You can, you can exist another way. 
Okay, you can exist in a different way, and and when you know that, when you see that, it's not only when you have a disease you're suffering, but you oh, you see that when you're healthy also that is also a state that is untrustworthy. Then it makes you want to get away from all this condition altogether. And the ver- the very thing that you are looking for when you were uh, seeking health, when you are sick, the very thing that you were looking for, that very uh, ideal that you had in your mind, it doesn't mean that that, I- that ideal doesn't exist. Is that where you are looking for it, it doesn't exist in that place. Just like someone who lives in a very poor country believes that happiness will be found when I'm in a, a rich country. Right? So the happiness that the person is looking for the happiness, the happiness that is not going to uh, go back, is not going to go sour, is not going to go, uh, is not going to expire. It will not be found by just by being a citizen of a different country. Now, doesn't mean that uh, if you're in a if you're in an awful situation, stay in there, bear it, because some, something else is going to become bad again. Of course, you should. If if it's a situation is uh, uh, you know overtly unbearable, get away from it. But don't fool yourself to think that the situation that you're moving into, you can let your guard down, so to speak. You always have to be watching your back. Always have to look over your shoulder. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so I'm finished with that list. Now another list. <laughs> well, uh, the truth of 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 the uh, the second truth, the truth of 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 uh, origin the truth of the cause of suffering. Now, we all accept that, okay, now we are uh, having this experience, it must have a cause. Now, let's look, when we are trying to look into, okay, what is the cause, this is where we may have uh, differences of opinion. Okay. The, uh, according to the Buddhism, the, 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 the cause of the condition of suffering lies in ignorance. And we seem to agree, everyone, when I say we, I mean everybody seems to agree with that. Everyone seems to agree with that, whether you're Buddhist, whether you're, whether you're uh, some other religion, or whether you're not even any religion. You agree that it's something that you don't know. If you were to know it, you would, you would be able to escape your, your, your condition. And as a matter of fact, the condition that we are in is because we thought we knew something, and we applied it, and instead it gave us suffering. So we, 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 we were misinformed about something. So there's a misinformation somewhere which is, which is, the, con, which is the cause of our, of, our, of, our, of our suffering condition. So now let's, let's go deeper. What is this ignorance? The ignorance in Buddhism is not, it's misunderstanding the true nature of reality. And when you misunderstand the true nature of reality, and what does that mean, the true nature of reality? The, what you are experiencing, it's where does it come from? What is its cause? It's not really understanding the cause of these things. So that's misunderstanding the fundamental nature uh, of reality. And connected with that, when you misunderstand the, tr- uh, the, nat- uh, the true nature of reality, that misunderstanding becomes a belief. It creates a belief. And out of that belief, you will act, you will think. And now come, and I said it was another list coming. Here it is. Okay, ready? <laughs> Here's the other list: the Eightfold Path. Okay. 
because of, of wrong belief, I'm going to give you the, the, the eightfold path to suffering. Okay. Because of wrong belief, our thinking, we think a certain way because of that belief, and because the belief is wrong, our thinking becomes wrong. And because our thinking becomes wrong, and, that, and it's our thought that motivates us to act, to speak, then our speaking becomes wrong, and our action becomes wrong. And just like... Uh, 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 I take an, an extreme example: a criminal, because they have a wrong belief. Uh, wrong? Would it be a? You could call it belief. How would you call that? A wrong, a wrong view about life, because they are, because their view about life is wrong. So their livelihood becomes wrong. And why is it wrong? Not wrong because you know people are pointing out and say, "Oh, that's right, that's wrong," but because the very person who is experiencing it, they don't want to suffer. And yet they're acting in a very, they're, they're putting together the very cause that will bring them the suffering that they don't want. That's why in Buddhism it says wrong. Okay. So it's wrong more like unskillful. Okay. You want to you go somewhere, but you're actually getting yourself somewhere else. So you're, you're in your action, you're being unskillful. And the direction you took to get take over there was wrong. Somebody wants to say something? No. So you have, out of, out of belief, the belief will 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 uh, determine what kind of thinking you have. The kind of thinking you have will determine what kind of speaking you'll do. The kind of speaking you do will determine what kind of action you take. And the kind of action you're willing to take will determine your livelihood, what you do for a living. Okay. And then this will lead to what is it that you have your mind run on all the time? Mindfulness. What is it that you're mindful of all the time? Okay. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you, you use that ex- you've, you've used that expression many times for yourself and for others. You go to work nine to five, but when you get home, you're still at work <laughs> because your mind is still running on those things. Okay, so and then what w- that will determine what you focus on, what you what you concentrate on. Okay, so if the beginning of it is wrong, then you will end up with wrong belief, wrong thinking, wrong speaking. Wrong. I remember, wrong means that will lead you to you to your, the person who's doing it to suffering instead of of uh, uh, absence of suffering. So wrong action, wrong livelihood, wrong mindfulness, and wrong concentration. Okay. But if you have, if the, from the very beginning, you you look at the nature of reality and you allow the nature of reality to inform you of what it is, rather than rather than you imposing something to it then your belief about the nature of reality will be correct and because of that belief your thoughts will be in line with that it will be, it will be right so you have right belief leads to right thought right thinking right thinking leads to right speaking right speaking leads to right action right action leads to right livelihood right livelihood leads to right mindfulness right mindfulness leads to right concentration and then it's the concentration, really, that sort of makes sure that everything continues. So if, if everything was wrong in the beginning, then the concentration be, allows every, the wrong thing to perpetuate. If the thing was r- right, then the concentration would allow the right to perpetuate. That is, and remember, right and wrong means what leads to suffering and what leads out of suffering. Okay. So... Uh, 
in Buddhism, then they say the it is the ignorance, it is the ignorance about the true nature of reality, and not ignorance in the sense of I don't know it, but more in a sense of superimposing on reality a belief, and that leads to all the other uh, uh, destructive emotions that motivates us to act, that motivates us to leads to every, uh, the kind of life that we have, all the way to the kind of body we have, all the way to the kind of mind that we, we have. If you have a mind that forgets all the time, like I do, <laughs> what were we talking about the car? I don't remember. I know we, had a, we, were, talking about, we were talking in the car. <laughs> but I don't remember the specifics. <laughs> so that's kind of suffering. It comes from my own action in the past. Okay. And when you when you have those two things, then you know what to abandon, what to give up. You have to give up the causes of suffering, okay, and and you have to understand the condition of suffering. And, and this is uh, something I, I would say uh, with any kind of endeavor you take, in order for you to if you want to overcome your condition, before you overcome it, you have to see your condition where you are. If you don't see it for what it is, then it will be difficult, if not impossible, for you to really overcome it. Because you might just take yourself into a condition, the same condition again. Now it's painted uh, blue, and now it's painted pink. But it's the same condition. But if you, if you don't see that, it's just a piece of block that is your problem. But you, instead, you, 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 you think it's only the color that's the problem. Then when you, when you take it as when someone gives it to you as pink, then you take it, then you're still in trouble. Okay. So you have to uh, really understand your condition in order for you to transcend it. And, and that's the purpose of understanding and studying the truth of suffering. It's not so much so that the Buddha would make you, oh, you got too happy. Okay, here's something to make you depressed. Okay. And believe it or not, uh, I've heard that. I've heard, strangely, uh, uh, there's a sad condition where, where parents have scolded their children because their children were too happy. <laughs> that sounds strange to you, doesn't it? But, uh, you know, the, the parent is having some sort of problem, whether it's, where am I gonna, how am I going to pay this or that or whatever, and, and, and they're in a depressive mode, and the ch they have children, the children are running around being happy, and they yell at the kids, because they, uh, why, why, why are you running around being happy? What's the matter with you? <laughs> I mean, that's that's real suffering. I mean, w when when this happened. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so the purpose of that is not to you know. It's not saying you are too happy here. Uh, here's a little. Let's spice it up. Here's a little depression for you. It's for you to really understand your condition so you can transcend it. Because every once in a while, when 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 you're really in in in, in deep suffering, then you're wondering where did this come from. How did I get myself here? Okay. You have to understand that everything before and after is connected with it. So it's not just that it's not just that moment that you need to transcend. You need to transcend, transcend. If you really don't like that moment, you need to transcend everything connected to it, everything that leads up to it. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's do a survey here. <laughs> Let's do a survey here. 
No, you'd have to define your suffering. Yeah. Uh, well, don't we don't know. <laughs> that's that's called yeah. suffering. Yeah. That's called suffering. <laughs> yeah. I mean, w- what uh, w- were you just curious about? Uh, I've been curious for years. Why were you curious? What prompted your curiosity? No, I guess I'm curious about curious to Buddhism. Not Buddhism. Well, well, were you, trying, you were referring to what exactly? Um, yeah, in my 20s, I just uh, it was more cultural than religious or mm-hmm. philosophical. Mm-hmm. My dad preached it you know, mm-hmm. 20 years ago or something. And we put this place here, and it was convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Survey. Yeah, the survey. Yeah. So why do you why do you come to study Buddhism? Yeah. Yeah, is is suffering and also going to a class and they're talking about like questions about how the world works and I was like really interested in uh, you know like yeah, suffering is a big problem in my life and also those movies like The Matrix, like like w- is is there something more going on here and like
and no one, no God, no, no, no demon can come in and do anything to you to extract you from, from samsara. Or you can go to nirvana. And when you're there, and, and if you're on your way there, no demon can stop you, no God can stop you. And while you're in there, no one, no demon can extract you from there, and no, no one can come and extract you from there. So it's, 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 it's completely up to you because of your fundamental nature. So this is sort of like the balance, because everyone and uh, everyone, in a sense, is looking for for lasting happiness. You may not, you people may define it differently. They may have a different way of 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 of, of, uh, of defining it. But it's a, a sense people want a condition where they have more satisfaction about it than than less. Okay. So you can say you want everyone wants in a way everyone wants nirvana. They may, they may not even uh, call it nirvana, but everyone in a sense everyone wants nirvana, and not only in the sense of uh, wanting nirvana. Okay, now I'm going to the cave, and now I'm definitely going to get nirvana. When you you know everything that you do, in a sense, is because you 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 are heading towards or aspiring towards nirvana. The kind of job you take is because of that the kind of uh, life, the kind of relationship, everything that you do in, at, at, at its fundamental basis, at its fundamental core, you are looking for nirvana. Okay. And, and perhaps it's because of, of uh, things like this, that's why you have all the different kinds of interpretations that seem to be uh, out, out of this world, but th they have something in them, some truth in them. But, uh, Oh, we got two truths. <laughs> uh, the third truth, the truth of cessation, that's what, that's the uh, that's the condition of nirvana, and that's what we, uh, that's a very complicated one. It's very easy, but it's also very complicated. You know why it's complicated? Because it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna get into the 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 truth of. Uh, Cessation. That is, because suffering has a cause, then if you remove all the causes of suffering, then you will achieve that very state where all the causes of suffering are gone. That itself is a cessation of suffering. It's the end of suffering. It's nirvana. Now, a lot of people, most people, I'm not talking about outside of of, of, of Buddhism or outside of, of uh, even those who are or practitioners most people with practitioners included aren't really convinced that all the causes of suffering can be removed we're not convinced of that and, and that may, may be uh, the, the, the fundamental reason why we don't see ourselves making as much effort as, 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 as we could towards getting toward, toward uh, achieving nirvana. Because we don't really, really believe that all, yes, we can remove some causes, but we can't really remove every single cause. We have to suffer some. We've we got to suffer. we got to suffer in some way or somehow. But we have doubts. We have doubts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and so many combinations of eighty-four thousand. 
think it's it's the overwhelming it's it's the awareness of the overwhel- overwhelming condition of the suffering. It seems so overwhelming. It seems that's why it seems to be impossible to overcome. Is, is that where in that way it's just to put joy in the process of various levels? Or how do you stay encouraged? Stay encouraged. Yeah. Uh, taking joy in one is one thing. And what helps you maintain joy is to constantly re- constantly go to your conviction about nirvana. You have to n- keep nurturing it. You don't just one day have a oh nirvana that's a that's a reality and then you stop you stop that. You have to continue go you have to go back to whatever process you went through that made you say oh nirvana that's possible. You have to keep going back to it, and that will help you keep the joy as you are enjoying your particular suffering, either the suffering that you have to endure because it's part of it's, it's, it seems to be connected to a path that you're taking because it's a painful path. So while you're going through that, say, oh, this path, this, the, the pain is, uh, is, is arbitrary. It's, it's not something that's going to be forever. The joy is definitely coming. The joy of nirvana is a definite. And that will help you go through it with joy. It's kind of a strange thing to say, suffering with, within joy. comes to the uh, practical. I'm not saying just me in general. Mm. I'm saying it's a, myself, my conditional, and speaking in general. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's in, in the practical application of of, of of the tenets. Remember that uh, the tenets are about relating. How to relate? You, whether you want to or not, you're going to be relating with others, with your environment, and then. And in there, there's the cause of w- the conditions that you you are experiencing and will experience. And understanding that, then you have to say, you have to know that I have to relate with this environment in a particular way that is skillful. Uh, if you already have tendencies in your mind to behave a certain way as soon as a, s- a certain condition, a certain event comes up, then you have to remove yourself from that condition. Remove yourself from 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 that ev- from the from the condition that brings about that event. And when you are removed from that event, you have to strengthen yourself 
so that when you are able, when you are placed in that uh, those conditions again, and that event comes up, you don't react. You don't, you don't react just out of uh, out of a destructive, self-destructive habit. So there, there's the the environment, the sanctuary you're talking about. It's like the monastery, and then and and then the uh, the household life, where the household life you have. Uh, uh, your family, and then also the the uh, the work environment where you go to work. Now the thing is, unless you go in a cave by yourself, you 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 have to deal with others. In a monastery, it's really a village. A monastery is really a village of of uh, of men or only men or only women, and and they have to relate with each other. And just like in, in the uh, outside of the monastic life, you have people who are friends, people who are enemies, people who argue. And also in the monastery, you have people who are friends, people who are enemies, people who argue. So whenever you have people, those, those things will happen. So to really extract yourself from, from, uh, from, not being a, from not having to be forced to have uh, afflictions in your mind, you really have to sort of be in a, in a cave by yourself. But even then, when you, when you remember so-and-so, when you remember this and that, <laughs> afflictions will come up. So, so they're, they're always there. So you sort of have to sort of mix all of them together into your life. So in your life, you have to find time to be, to be, to be by yourself, to sort of strengthen yourself. And, and and this is done with meditation, and this is also done with uh, what you call that, um, seeing yourself in a situation, and then and then seeing yourself acting differently. That that helps a lot. Okay, and you have to, and you can only do that when you're isolated. That's that's, that's like going to the cave. But the person who just stays in a cave will not necessarily reach nirvana, because all those things that he's meditating on has to do with how you relate with others. So when you, bring, when you are in a situation of, of uh, a like-minded person, that would be like your family, then you have to watch yourself to, to, to strengthen that in the family, to, to, have, pe to have people in the family to, uh, to, nur to nurture it in them and for them to, to, to be nurturing also to you. And when you're outside, and you're, that's where uh, another set of challenges comes up, because of in your own in the cave, when you're by yourself, you strengthen your 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 your, your capacity, and also you also you went through a thousand times in your head maybe okay when I'm in situa in this situation this is how I should react when I'm in this situation this is how I should react, and then when that situation finally comes up it becomes almost as if you built in a habit, and then you will find yourself at least thinking about not reacting in the way that is destructive. And of course, you may completely lose and then you act. <laughs> but at least, for the, at least you don't have immediate uh, uh, reaction of just being self-destructive. At least you pause for a moment. And that pause will, will lengthen in time. And, and the only way for it to lengthen in time is for you to go keep going back to the cave and then strengthening it. Keep yourself, seeing yourself, okay, when I'm in this situation, I behave this way. I should, this way. I should behave this way. And then finally, that condition is not a condition for you to necessarily 
extract yourself from anymore because you have self-control and that would be like the di difference between it's like uh, applying the monastery and the lay life in the monastery there are a lot of things that are not there that, w that makes it better or, or more conducive for developing for self-development okay so so removing yourself that going to the monastery uh, going to the monastery uh, doing the uh, self uh, there's a term for that visualization. it's like a visualization where you going through a situation look this is how I should react this is how I should react and seeing yourself in it and that's like going to the cave and when you go back it's like uh, going back into the world so you, you need you need to you need to cultivate all these three things within your own life you need to be a, a, a somebody who, who goes to the cave. You need to be somebody who, who lives in a monastic setting, and you need to be somebody who who, who lives in, in you know in the world because you have to deal with the world. I don't know. Did, did that, did that? Okay. So let's. Anybody have any questions before we end? That's a phase that everyone has to go through, and eventually, you you now uh, before that there was oh I'm really enjoying this, or oh, this is suffering. There was there was a, a clear demarcation, and when you when you were fed this thing <laughs> about oh it's not really it's not really happiness, it's not the ultimate happiness, mm -hmm. then because of contemplating this now you. you, you you're not really, you could say, you're not really in the moment of enjoying when you're enjoying, because there's a part of you that's uh, most part of part of your experience is looking at it. Look, wait, it's like waiting for it to die. 
to prove the point that it doesn't last. Yeah. So you're not focusing on necessarily on the enjoyment that's going on at that moment, I, and it's and and you you just you're not able to because you're trying to process that that information that you had, and eventually you will be able to have it somewhere in the back of your mind, somewhere somewhere in the back of of your mind, just that the idea, oh, nothing here can be trusted, it's always somewhere somewhere in the back of your mind, and you don't have to be consciously thinking about it all the time, and when you are in a forced experience where, where you're forced to have it and enjoy something, you will just enjoy it. But there's somewhere within you, they will, because of the, it, it's not going to last, it's not the ultimate happiness, when it actually ends, that will come to help you. With when, because usually disappointment comes. Mm-hmm. You will not experience disappointment. Because you will not be expecting that thing to last forever anymore. So right now you have to go through this. Uh, it's 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 uh, in the in I'm going to Bhagavad Gita. It's, it's not a sutra. <laughs> it's a little joke that I uh, encountered yesterday. Uh, that's why I said that. So better than this. <laughs> <laughs> earlier days of, of searching I read the Bhagavad Gita and there was some, something in there that I read that I, it's always always stay with me and where uh, uh, Krishna is talking to Arjuna and then Arjuna is, is depressed and then Arj- and, and, and Krishna is telling Arjuna that's actually good this is a good depression because you are seeing things for what they really are and when you, when you see things for what they really are you have a natural sense of depression at first, but afterwards, it will, the depression will go away. It will be the joy focusing on the goal you will have after that. But for that moment, you just have to go through it. it uh, uh, I think the term they use is despondency.
even with sometime with uh, with diet, even sometime with dieting, there are certain food that for some people really makes them depressed in their minds. And as soon as they come off that food, all of a sudden this this it's like all of a sudden they're happy for and for for the first time or something. And this happiness that they're enjoying is really just the absence of that depression that was that was sort of like there all the time because of that particular food that they were eating. Okay. All these things are connected, you know, mind, body, you know. It's not it's not separate universes. Yes, go ahead. No, uh, for some people, meat might be the thing that makes them happy. For some people, meat might be the thing that makes them depressed. Depends on the constitution of the person. last line, the Idam Guru, after we recite the uh, English. Okay. We don't have to recite it twice. Sanskrit? 
idam guru Two holy bodies that arise from merit and wisdom. <laughs> 